In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Guten Tag, Damen und Herren. Guten Tag. Guten Tag, Craig's listeners. Uh, to <laughs> Craig's List. Uh, that's as much German as I know, and uh, I'm abandoning that format right away. Uh, today, we're going to talk about my 69th favorite movie, 69, 69. dude. <laughs> uh, Wings of Desire. Uh, hey, uh, say hi, Carla. Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Craig, and we have a very special guest joining us today. She is an actress, a director, a writer, an improviser, and our friend. And her name is Nancy Hayden. Hi, everyone. Hi, Nancy Hayden. Hi, Carla. How are you? I'm really well. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. My pleasure. It's Uh, always a good excuse to have someone come do the podcast, because then we try to clean up. Yeah, that's the main reason we have guests. It's the main so we, reason you have a podcast. Yeah, so we so clean up gets clean. our shit house. Uh, <laughs> well, the shit house is looking great today, guys. You? Yes. We're recording in a bathroom right yes. now. Um, hey, as we speak, the writer's strike did not happen. Yeah, happy no strike day, everyone. Yay. That's good Yay. news. Yay. That was nice to walk to walk up to mm-hmm. and to wake up to. <laughs> walk up to it. We just walked you right up to that I news when you woke right up, up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call looking at my cell phone. Walking yeah. up to it. Walking up to that cell phone. So your favorite TV shows will continue to be made and perhaps movies that will one day make it onto Craig's list. Ooh, we can only that's hope. right. <laughs> we can only hope. We're not going to have another of those uh, movie deserts where because there was a strike, there was a whole year of shitty movies. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get right into it. Today's <laughs> movie is uh, a 1987 film by Vim Vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only German movie on Craigslist. Oh, Vim <laughs> And I guess if I'm taking the trouble to say uh, Vim Vinders, I should say Vings of Desire. That's true. Just to be consistent. Mm. Though this movie in Wait, Deutsch. does that mean that he is Wim Wenders? Wim Wenders. Wim That's Wenders. right. That's how it's spelled. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Wim Wenders. That's well, so cool. Or <laughs> <laughs> would you rather be called Wim Wenders or Vim Vinders? Uh, I'd rather be called Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Carla Kakowski. 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 Uh, <laughs> apparently, the Polish pronunciation of Kakowski, by the way, is Titskowski. Ooh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Titskowski. <laughs> Just put tits in every word yeah. you can. <laughs> and Carla, re- <laughs> Carla really puts the tits in Titskowski. Yes, yes. she does. <laughs> I walked right up into that one. <laughs> uh, but this is kind of a... Uh, a, a fantasy art film, it's fair to say. Sure, sure. Sure. Art it's, House, I think, is It's an art house apt. film. It's uh, shot mostly in black and white with mm. some splashes of color. And uh, it's about a couple of angels 
in uh, still divided Berlin in the late 1980s. This is before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, Damiel and Cassiel are the names of the angels, though I don't mm-hmm. think it's mentioned much in the film. And uh, Damiel, played by the Swiss actor Bruno Ganz, falls in love mm-hmm. with a trapeze artist named Marion. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> decides to uh, stop being an angel and become a human. And if this sounds familiar, this was also the basis of the American film City of Angels, which came out in 1998, Mm -hmm. I believe, with Nick Cage and Meg Ryan. That's right. Though that's not a direct remake. It more kind of takes the central conceit of the movie. Sure. Yes. And so I thought when we signed off on our podcast last week that this would be... That City of Angels was a direct remake of it. So okay. I was expecting a different movie. So you thought Marion would be a, what, what, a, was she a brain surgeon yeah. <laughs> instead of a trapeze artist? Mm-hmm. Now, I have not seen City of Angels. Uh, I'm, uh, I guess that both of you have? Yes. 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 <laughs> is it a good movie? Uh, Wings of Desire is the better of the two. Okay. I'm going to say I'm that. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it twice in the movie theater when I was 18, okay. 17 or 18. It City in, of Angels? Yeah. yeah. But then uh, recently, maybe six months ago, it was on TV, and I did watch the first half hour, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I just remember a lot of Nick Cage angel yes. brooding. Yeah, that's you what know? it is. And Meg Ryan trying to solve, you know, devastating medical... Brain problems? Yeah, brain problems. <laughs> <laughs> what What does it take from the movie, and what where does it depart? It is... From Wings uh, of Desire, that is. Basically, it's just him falling in love with her and then him descending mm-hmm. and them having a relationship, right? Uh, yeah. Can yeah. I spoil it for a second? Sure. sure. Fast forward if you I think they to... spoiled it, but go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, but he dies at the end, though, right? Uh, yeah, I Doesn't Nick so. Cage die at the end? Yeah, he gets in because he becomes mortal and then he gets in an accident. Yeah. So the irony there is she's a surgeon and she can't save him. Isn't that? <laughs> I remember like a rainy scene with a car yeah. accident. Is like, that right? I don't, it's, it feels fuzzy, the ending yeah. to me, but I think he dies at the end. Yeah. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rain. I do remember that because it's in the music video. And then for she the song. kills herself and they both become angels. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be a good ending. That would be a good uh, ending. Romeo I don't think you Juliet, can be though. an angel again after you <laughs> yeah. renounce your You know, see, that w- and that was something that I didn't remember from Wings of Desire was that these were not people who, I, mean, I might be jumping ahead here, but these aren't people who died. These are right. forever angels. These are eternal beings right. that have been there since the beginning of time. When the universe was created, they were just there. And then they had to wait I forgot that billions element. of years for people to come yeah, along. Yeah, <laughs> right? And they talk, they have a scene where they the two of them are walking along talking about what the area looked like before yes. oh, yeah. civilization. They're like, this is the river where those two stags fought. Right, (laughs) right, yeah. I had completely forgotten that element. I haven't seen it in so long. Well, there's a lot of kind of central conceits to Wings of Desire, i.e. whenever you see anything through the angel's perspective, the movie's in black and white. Mm -hmm. And whenever you see anything through a human's perspective, the movie shifts to color. So Mm -hmm. it's mostly in black and white until Damiel becomes mortal and then most of the movie is in color from there on out. And it's a world where the first hour of the movie is mostly just following these angels around Berlin and hearing people's interior thoughts, i.e. angels can like listen to your head like they're listening to, like they're just tuning the dial through radio stations. Like Mel Gibson in What a Woman Wants. What women want. (laughs) What women want. Right. In What a Girl Wants, What a (laughs) Girl Needs. We will now sing R&B. And children can see the angels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but 
uh, grown-ups cannot. Yeah, children of all ages can see the angels, which I think is strange. Yeah. Uh, explain what do you babies. mean by children of all ages, meaning people who go to the circus? Meaning like pe- people who could verbally and reasonably tell an adult, there's an angel standing here, right? Like a 10-year-old can see the angels. Right. Sure. Yeah, I Which guess maybe it's, maybe it's puberty who would where it crosses them? over. Right? But what? who would believe them? Well, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. think that's weird because normally it's like a baby sees an angel in a movie and you're like, okay, that makes sense. They can't tell anyone about sure. that. <laughs> Babies can't tell. When you, de- when you develop speech, that's when it <laughs> that's should when stop. That's when you can't see <laughs> angels. Maybe they don't know they're seeing an angel. How often does that trope really come up in movies that a baby sees an angel? <laughs> <laughs> Well, funny you should mention that because I brought my screenplay, <laughs> Baby Sees an Angel. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Look like, who's an angel. <laughs> Look who's talking to an angel. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've seen that trope before. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they see, they see spirits and stuff usually. Yeah. Like, okay. They, yeah. Have you never been a baby? <laughs> Don't you remember? It's been a while. Mm. It's, it's longer for me than it has been for you. Okay. You probably remember being a baby more recently right uh and seeing angels all the time mm-hmm. uh but i <laughs> the the angels are just kind of there like hovering over you and like comforting people in their mm-hmm. time of need uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i i kind of just love the the central conceit of the movie I, i've and i'm an atheist right uh <laughs> i don't believe in this what? shit. i don't believe in this shit people <laughs> Um, but uh, but I like the idea that there are uh, angels watching over us and comforting us. Yeah. My mom just found out you're an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was here for this episode. Did your mom think I was super devout? I don't know. <laughs> We've managed to never talk about it. Maybe she had you in the agnostic category somewhere. <laughs> sure. And yeah, I, I, sure. Maybe I'm agnostic. I think I have said that you're agnostic before. I okay. Did, I think maybe my reaction was more like you are an atheist, really? Look, I don't subscribe to any organized religion. I may be open to the possibility that there's something greater out there that we don't understand. That's agnostic, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, but I do like the idea that there could be angels around. I mean, that this room could be just packed with them right now, you know, <laughs> making spiritual peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one thing that I thought that I found very interesting was the, the literal visual element of how close the actors were to one another and then never reacting to that. Like yeah. quite often the angels were really in their faces, like right. literally right yeah. at their face. Like leaning on them. Yeah. And how fun that must have been to play. Yeah. And That's mess with point. each other. Because the people have to pretend that they're <laughs> there's right. not some they're guy not leaning his head on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you... When you're watching the movie, you just kind of buy into that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an angel and that's a person. Right. But on set, it's just like two actors that are huddling together. That's the magic of movies, <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Now, Nancy, you said you've seen this film I before. have. And I was trying to remember when and where, and that's not coming back to me. But VHS was involved, I'm pretty sure, and a, and a trip <laughs> to maybe Blockbuster. There was a there was a there uh, an independent 
rental. Remember those independent film oh, movie sure. stores in back in Detroit that was uh, super cool, and that was where was you went it? for all and the cool. I wonder if it's the same cool place stuff. that Warzeka was talking about when we had oh, Mark Warzeka on this podcast for the Rushmore episode. He was talking about a cool indie maybe. video store in Detroit. It was in I gosh I can't remember the name of it, and it was in uh, it was in a northern suburb, like it was ju- just north of the city someone's gonna write in and say it's this gosh i cannot remember the <laughs> he name said of it too that the last time he passed by it it was still there but it was just empty right it yeah. had been empty for like 15 years with yeah. the shelves still up and everything right and i'm guessing that's where i went this is the kind of movie that i would have rented like you know if i had a crush on some boy and it was like <laughs> let's watch this because i'm super into cool heavy art <laughs> films and like trying to impress somebody so my yeah. guess my guess is it was that it was like a date watch remember when clerks was that movie because it's in black and white so it's super artsy well funny you mentioned clerks because i kept thinking about of all films when i was watching this again yesterday i kept thinking about dogma because of the trench coats and i know that it's not it doesn't have anything to do with dogma probably but they're angels in dogma yeah right right? and they and and the look is so similar of well, that's cool. The angels. So I don't know. I don't know if they were influenced, perhaps, by them vendors. I, I, I think there's no way that uh, Kevin Smith was unaware of Wings of Desire sure. making Dogma. Yeah. yeah. And I would think if you made any sort of angel movie and you were a film buff, you'd have some sort of nods to sure. Wings of Desire in there. I would think it's going to be hovering over you. Yeah. What's it's Wings of the Dove? Breathing. Wings of the Dove is a Henry James novel that was adapted oh, right, into with a Helena Bonham film Carter. with Helena Bottom Carter. Got it. Okay. I thought for, <laughs> for this whole time, this movie was called Wings of the Dove. Also not to be confused with the sitcom Wings starring <laughs> Tim Daly. <laughs> That's also You thought you, thought you were seeing a feature-length thing. version of Wings. <laughs> Wings. Yeah. And Wings. you're like, where's Tony Shalhoub <laughs> right. and Thomas Hayden Church? Uh, by the way, I've had IMDb uploaded into my head, <laughs> yeah, so that's right. we never will need to slow down the podcast in order to Google anything. So then you nice. can tell me. Who, oh no! Oh no. boy! You're gonna get quizzed <laughs> on everything. Who with wings played in the it. the Peter Falk character in City of Angels? The guy from that cop show. Dennis Farina. Dennis Franz, I think. Dennis Franz. Though, From NYPD Blue. Yep. Dennis Farina and Dennis Franz are frequently confused both, for one and another. And they both play cops a lot. And they're both like Chicago guys. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago guys. Chicago cop yeah. guys. Um, so was Dennis Franz playing Dennis Franz? No, but he was playing an angel who had descended okay. and becomes friends with Nicolas Cage, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. And that's something I haven't mentioned about Wings of Desire yet, which is Peter Falk appears yeah. as Peter Falk. He's so <laughs> that's great. That's the best part of the movie. <laughs> And th- that is one of the reasons why this film is so memorable <laughs> uh, to me. Uh, I think just because it's such a great idea to have uh, an iconic actor playing himself. And then you find out late in the film, spoilers ahead, that he is also a fallen angel. That's right. Uh, and he <laughs> chose to become mortal to have a career as uh, as Peter Falk and play Columbo. <laughs> but he's there in Germany. Worth it. Yeah. He's, he's making some uh, Nazi movie yeah. in, uh, in present day for 1987, Berlin. Yeah. 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 Uh so did did you like go through an art house phase or Yeah, or- I mean off and on. You know, I've always loved uh 
yeah, I think I've, I mean, I've, you know, I'm a film buff. Sure. But yeah. yes, definitely. I think back in the, in the you know late '80s and early '90s, and you just you start broadening your world, you know, and yeah. you like you know there were some foreign films that were huge crossovers back then too. Like I remember when like this was years later, but like when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out, you know what I mean? There were always yeah. movies that would get out art house release, and then they would go broad. That would happen a lot back then. Yeah. But there was the main art theater in Royal Oak, uh, Michigan. I'm, I'm big on the Detroit locales today. <laughs> always showed art house movies, and yeah, it was the cool thing. You know, I was you know you know how you are when you're that age. And it's like go to the movies by yourself all the time, <laughs> like Monday at noon. Yeah. It's so brooding and cool. Take take a coffee. <laughs> watch a black and white foreign film. Smoke in the theater. I'm so much more cool. Is that than... the same time period? And do you remember yeah. liking it? Or I did like it. Yeah, I did like it. I I remember. Um, I think I, I think I liked it more more this time when I saw it. But mm. but I don't know. I mean, I, no, I think I liked it back then. I think I did. I remember being impressed with the Peter Falk stuff too in that day. And when I watched, it, I just watched it again yesterday, in fact. And I um I was really struck by just sort of the moving art of it. You know, the beginning, the whole beginning. Whereas I think some people, no, probably nobody at this table, Carla, might label that as slow. Mm-hmm. plotting yeah yeah um all those things for, for me i thought it was really peaceful and then i realized that that was probably completely intentional like later way later in the film after uh bruno ganz's character has fallen and the other angel cassio is that his mm-hmm. name, um is sitting up on top of the the Statue, statue yeah and there all the city noises below and he goes like this and he just i'm putting my hand to my ear and he covers his ear and turns the sound off mm-hmm. and i realized that that was how the movie began like it literally got louder as it went on as the city became a part of it you know yeah. and so i i just noticed more of that i think this time around <laughs> cool. i just appreciated it for its aesthetic sense a little bit more yeah so. yeah it was was <laughs> like really so about no, I'm angels. glad that somebody's finally on Craig's side with this stuff. <laughs> well, we brought Nancy in to probably serve as an ally to Carla, so this is not really true. this is not really true. backfiring. That's, uh, that's not true. That's not how we book guests. We just book people that we like. Well, that that's true. Uh, but I did knowing that so far Carla's. Uh, History with the foreign films on my list has not been great. <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling this would not be up her alley. Which I didn't. I thought I was really going <laughs> to like this movie. But you also thought it was going to be like City of Angels. I did. <laughs> Here's <laughs> my biggest problem Ryan. with this film is that nothing happens for 90 minutes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's a two-hour film and nothing happens until one hour and 33 minutes into the movie. I mean, Because we wrong. stopped it to look at See, the See, maybe time. I'm right in the middle here because she ain't wrong, Greg. <laughs> I mean, she's, she just is not wrong about that. Well, I yeah, I, I'm not going to make the argument that there's tons of plot in in this movie. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna link Craig's listeners to the Roger Ebert Great Movies review of this, mm-hmm. which he wrote shortly after City of Angels came out. Uh, For some reason, I th- <clears throat> wanted you to say shortly after he died. He wrote Short, it. shortly after he died and from an angel. from heaven. <laughs> from heaven, he wrote this. He descended, <laughs> and uh, he talks about how that's a deliberate. Uh, choice on Ven Vender's part to kind of 
uh, just take you into the pace and the world of the mm -hmm. angels where all they're doing is observing and they exist outside of time. Now, maybe the average viewer doesn't watch you want to watch a movie where you exist that outside exists of outside. time. <laughs> I'm sure halfway through, Carla felt like it existed outside of time. <laughs> as in, it's never going to end. Yeah, because you're, I mean, as you're just sitting there in your living room going about your day, you're very conscious of time passing I mean, and all the other shit that you have to do or I whatever. wouldn't call it a juggernaut not <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a fast-paced thrill ride yeah. of a film i think more so than any movie we've watched so far i was itching to get out of my seat yeah mm. yeah which is impressive because we've watched some really long movies well and don't you find i find that these days it has become and i hate this more difficult to watch a subtitled film because we're so used to doing so many other things yeah. while we're watching. Yeah. yeah. And I found yesterday when I was rewatching it and I had my laptop in my lap and I was like sending an email or checking yeah. something on Twitter and yeah. then I'd go, oh, I missed what they said because I'm not watching it. Right. Yes. And it reminded me bad. I'm bad at that. Now, like I used to sit down and watch a movie because we didn't have cell phones in our hands. We didn't have computers in our laps. Yeah. We're so used really to multitasking now and doing four or five things at once yeah. and then just kind of casually uh, with an eye to the TV. But I think this is a movie that you have to really like immerse yourself yeah. in in mm -hmm. order for it to work. And we're bad at that now. It's magic. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to say that I can't appreciate the language. It's very poetic. It's... Or the, the, the depth of it, mm -hmm. the depth of the language when they're talking about life and what it means to be human and how time passes and love yeah. and all those things. Or even the cinematography, which was really cool to see Berlin in the 80s, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know much about Berlin, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so seeing the buildings and what the streets look like was really interesting. <clears throat> all of that I can appreciate, but I just can't connect. <laughs> Sure. So I just found myself really like, when is he going to descend? Yeah. When is he going to descend? And then he descended and then nothing happened for 20 <laughs> minutes after that, except for like a punk rock show. He descended and somehow it got even slower. <laughs> yeah. So and he got tickets to a Nick Cave concert. He did get tickets to a Nick Cave concert. <laughs> Who? Nick Cave. Nick Cave and, and the, the Bad, Bad Seeds. Seeds. They're, oh, the, they're the band that's playing. playing at the end. I had no idea. In the theater with all the red where he goes out into oh, the lobby. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I so thought you were doing a bit about Nick Cage. No. But Nick Cave is a different guy than Nick Cage. Yeah. I like Nick that you kind of got excited about it before. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Nick Cave is kind of a weirdo, poetic Australian art rocker. Mm -hmm. You know, he did, kind of does these bar band uh, songs, but yeah. he kind of like does like these esoteric, like poetic lyrics mm -hmm. over them. So he was kind of the perfect choice for this film. If you can't yeah. get Tom Waits, get Nick Cave. Yeah, he's kind of the Australian. He's the Australian Tom Waits, yeah. basically. Oh, okay. Uh, and a you guys, I think maybe like found a new. You might have found a new movie buddy in Nancy. <laughs> like you guys have the same references, and well, we're probably around the same age. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Carla, you're not going to get out of watching the last 68 movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nancy's Welcome so entertaining and charismatic. <laughs> And I don't know. I would nope. listen to her. Nope. Try as you may. <laughs> nope. That's not the deal for this podcast. By the way, uh, being concerned about length, and this movie is not 
super long. It's over two hours. It probably feels longer yeah. than it is because yep. there are slow portions to it. But I looked ahead to the next 25 movies on the list. Two of our next four movies are in the two and a half hour range. Oh. But other than that, there's nothing longer than two hours and ten minutes Good. in the next 25 movies. Good so job, Craig. The real longies are coming up at the the back half. Okay. And it's more three-hour. When uh, I've retired and Nancy's taken my position. <laughs> <laughs> but that says something. about Because is, is the list counting down to your favorites? Yes. So that says yeah. something because the, the, mas- the three-hour masterpieces. You Those know, are in the top 20. They're all in the top top 20 yeah but it stands to reason right i mean sure i would like to believe that if a, if a movie gets a green light to be three hours long there's a reason for it that it's that brilliant you know yeah but the director's not. like i gotta make this three hour movie it can only be three <laughs> yeah. hours yeah that's true <laughs> uh, uh, i'm sure i like a three hour movie sure i like gone with the wind that's, yeah that's that. four hours that's got an intermission in the yeah. middle of it what I about like, the godfather yeah i like the godfather is that three hours close right mm, if only that was on my list yeah. <laughs> 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 well I, I i think i saw this movie also on vhs sometime in the late 80s and i think it's probably because i saw it i think i remember seeing it on a list of the best movies of the 80s like just as the decade was ending like somebody had it as the number two movie of the 80s right. i think and i was like i've never even heard of this i should watch it then so i would have been in college at the time and uh, I immediately just kind of fell under its spell. And I, I would guess that this is probably one of the first 10 foreign films that I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, wow. So I think just the idea of something that is so deliberately artsy mm-hmm. uh, with incredible cinematography, just like really memorable images in it. The camera just kind of flies yeah. like an angel. Amazing camera you know, work. Throughout the frame. The cinematographer is Henri Alecon. Henri? Who is a French cinematographer who was quite old at the time. I think he was around 80 when he shot this film. Wow. And he is most famous for the Jean Cocteau version of Beauty and the Beast from the 1940s, which oh. is kind of the, oh, the yeah. old Beauty and the Beast. I've seen parts of that. Yeah, and that's just Not another beautifully <laughs> shot film. Yeah. I think I saw parts of it when you were watching it. Okay. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> keep going. Uh, and then he did shoot one famous Hollywood movie too, Roman Holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shot as well, which has... We were just talking about We were about just talking Roman about Holiday that because we were talking about week. Gregory Peck last week. Yeah, He's dreamy. He is dreamy. But uh, Henri Alecon sh- shot the black and white portions of this movie through a filter that was his mother's old silk stocking. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. So the, it's just a really unique look for uh, the black and white portions. And yeah, it, it, it is. Bruno Ganz and the other actor who plays Cassiel, uh, the angels, they just, they look really gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and it, and then when you see Bruno Ganz, he's not an ugly guy, but you know, he's kind of in, uh, color. He just kind of looks like a schlubby middle-aged guy, <laughs> partially because of how they've dressed him. But you know, uh, he, there is kind of like this beauty that they have uh, as angels just because of the way that it's shot. Yeah, he really does look angelic <clears throat> when he's an angel, which I guess would make sense. That's really interesting. And I think the other guy, um, we'll call him male Tilda Swinton, <laughs> um, he, uh, 
he uh, had very soulful eyes. Like he was, you know, I'm sure he was cast for his acting ability and not his yeah. eyes, but he had really good angel eyes. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he had to do a lot of soulful staring at people. I felt bad for him. Pretty little angel eyes. Yeah, he, I know. <laughs> I felt bad for him. He seems so lonely at you the You know, end. there's a sequel. There is a sequel, which I have not seen for yeah, some neither reason. Yeah, neither have I. It's called Far Away So yeah. Close, and they made it six years after this. Yeah, I read, I looked it up yesterday, so I because I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, what is the sequel about? So I looked up the What is it about? In case there would be a quiz. Um, do you want me to, do you want yeah. me to spoilers this yes. for you? Okay, so uh, our our main guy, Bruno Gans, and the trapeze artist are now married and have a child and run a pizzeria together. What? <laughs> it's two angels, a girl, a pizza place is the <laughs> or title. <laughs> so now that the strike settled, you can pitch that there you for, go. The, for the fall I'll season. I'll be selling yeah. it. <laughs> Dibs, everybody. Um, but legit, they run a pizza pizza parlor, and he comes down, and you know he's still angeling, and uh, still and angeling, he's still still angeling it up, and he comes and checks on them. And does he yeah. descend? I don't. And then there's no. also another angel played by Nastasha Kinski yes. in it. Yes. And then yeah. Peter Falk, I guess, appears as himself again. Also, Lou Reed appears as himself, and what? Mikhail Gorbachev appears as what? himself in the movie. Wow. I guess maybe they're also fallen angels. I don't know. This was a big deal then. And Willem Dafoe is in the sequel, yeah. too, really? as some sort of immortal being. Well, because I th- believe, I've, I don't know a lot of Vin Vendor's movies, but I know that, I believe this <laughs> one was early, and then when they made, by the time they made that sequel, he was kind of a big deal. Like, Paris, Texas had come out by then, and so yeah. I think that it was like, maybe, I'm guessing a lot of people were like ooh, I want to be in a vendors joint. So, <laughs> so he got a bunch of people to Paris, Texas. Is that a real thing? Paris, Texas. Uh, I think that's before Wings of Desire. I oh, think that's that 80, 84. Uh, it's see? a movie with Harry. He, he's not looking this up, people. <laughs> <laughs> There's it's, nothing in front of him right now. It's an American movie that he made in the mid '80s with Harry Dean Stanton and, uh, okay. and Nastasia Kinski. Yeah. Uh, and it's an, it's another long, slow yeah. movie, but it's quite good. You just have to believe me, Carla. I believe you. He also did Until the End of the World. Uh, and then he's best known over the last 20 years for his documentaries. He's been nominated three times for Best Documentary at the mm-hmm. Oscars, including Buena Vista Social Club, oh. which yeah, is yeah. about the old Cuban oh, musicians. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Pina, which we saw on the oh, big yeah. screen, which was that, oh, that was his? 3D movie about the famous choreographer, and it's all of her old dancers who are restaging her dances like around the city of Berlin. Oh, so wow. cool. That's a very cool and beautiful movie. And then uh, The Salt of the Earth, which is about uh, a famous uh, photographer. Wow. Uh, it was also shot in black and white. So I urge you, Craig's listeners, to seek out any of those documentaries. Yeah. They're all... Excellent. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I think the only way to really get a sense of what watching Wings of Desire was like <laughs> is to get into some Carla's quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes. This might take the record of the most Carla's quotes. Oh no! Ever there are a lot. There are a lot. You don't have to do all of them. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. You know, we'll make. We'll call some audibles as we go through it. I'm sure they're all wonderful. (laughs) I'm sure. Carla was already doing her bad German accent as the credits were rolling. I think one of the production companies was Das Werk. And Carla said, Das Werk. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most fun of watching a German film. (laughs) Or whatever foreign film we're watching, you just try to put on the accent. Okay. Why wouldn't I? Sure. (laughs) It's a good time to practice. 
One of the things that makes this movie so poetic is they literally keep repeating a poem by Rainer Maria Rilke, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is called Song of Childhood. Was und Kind? Was und Kind? When the child was a child. Uh, but, so uh, early in the movie, you hear Bruno Ganz's voice kind of reading this uh, Rilke poem. And there's something... Uh, uh, when the child had a cowlick in its hair and didn't pull a face when photographed. And so Carla started reading the subtitles, had a cowlick in its hair and didn't pull a face when photographed. Is that the best German accent you've ever heard in your life or what, motherfucker? <laughs> uh, it wasn't. <laughs> spoilers ahead. It was not. It was not. Uh, by the way, the German title of this movie... Uh, Wings of the Dove. <laughs> was the Wings of the Dove, which is why Carla confused it, the Henry James novel. Uh, no, I think it's uh, Der, Der Himmel über Berlin, or The Sky the or sky. The Heaven over Berlin. Berlin. Oh, oh I like that. I like that too. And Wings of Desire is kind of like a very generic yeah. title, which is why it's easy to confuse it, I think. Anything... Uh, Things of uh, an emotion is like that's that's a bad time. Yeah, very it's, generic. Do you it's think how they we figured, write sketches? <laughs> <laughs> do you think they figured Americans wouldn't see it if it was called? Yeah. Oh, because of Berlin. Because li- either because yeah, either because of political reasons or just <clears throat> disinterest. Yeah, you're maybe. probably right. They're like the heaven over a donut. What <laughs> is that? <laughs> uh. <laughs> When Carla sees the movies in black and white, she said, oh, no, does the whole thing look like this? <laughs> <laughs> and the surprise answer was, no, this time it doesn't. Right. And you said it but looked- somehow when it got into color, <laughs> even more boring, <laughs> according How to Carla. Possible? You said it looks like a movie from the 40s. It, and now I know why, because he put a silk stocking over the lens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which was standard practice. It would be at like the, time. the Vaseline over the, yeah. over the lens. It, it, it made it look even older. Mm-hmm. Vaseline, of course, used to shoot Sybil Shepherd in Moonlighting. That's right. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Well, they did use like ridiculous filters on oh, her yeah. for Moonlighting oh, was that was like, like really noticeable. And she would have only been in like her mid thirties at yeah. the time. It was like she was being like... shot through a brandy snifter. <laughs> 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 it was really You don't remember I have to that? go back and watch. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Every time they showed a close up of her, it was just lip gloss and just <laughs> fuzz. Just, uh, all ridiculous. Lip gloss and fuzz. Uh, so one of the early shots of the movie we follow the angels kind of flying around and uh, Bruno Gans goes onto a plane for a while and it's a plane in which Peter Falk is on it not in first class either I know I know do you know what I was struck by on that plane was how spacious it was isn't that sad I was like how far apart those seats are yeah Yeah. there's like two inches between each of those seats we just shot a episode of Drunk History on uh, a fake plane at Air Hollywood which Mm -hmm. is the studio in North Hollywood where they do all of the fake airplane stuff so gates you know cockpits uh, and the, the aisles and everything now obviously it's spaced out a little bit to allow for camera movements but it is like an old you know fuselage of a of a plane yeah. <laughs> and you're amazed at like how far apart the seats are and how much leg room everybody has yeah. so they're just shoving us in there like sardines <clears throat> nowadays thanks united thanks united <laughs> uh but you, you kind of hear a little bit of Peter Falk's inner monologue of like watch this movie i'm doing <laughs> wow <laughs> that's good that's and, a good uh, 
and uh, and he's munching on something, but he's just kind of grabbing it from next to him. And Carla's like, "Is he eating something off the seat?" <laughs> He was sticking his fingers in between the seat cushions and pulling <laughs> out peanuts. Pulling out random lint and snacks. Uh. Carla at the 10 minute mark. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck's going on <laughs> in this movie. I don't understand. I, and that's one of the reasons why I I loved it, you know, the first time I saw it is like how disorienting it feels. And then like gradually you have to piece together of like, oh, the angels see him black and white. Right. Oh, the kids can see him, but the adults cannot. Right. Oh, those, those are the inner thoughts of the right. people, you know. So I think as a 20 year old or whatever watching it, I felt rewarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for you think paying, you're so cool for paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Just let it wash over you. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Carlo, <laughs> Carlo likes answers right away. No, I don't. I just like action. Active people making active choices. Uh, and they keep kind of switching back and forth between like different people in Berlin and hearing their thoughts. And Carla just kept yelling out who those people look like to her. Sandra Bernard. James Dean. Oh, yeah. Somebody did look like James yeah. Dean. I remember that one. See... I'm not crazy. And to be fair, a lot of women in Berlin in the 80s probably looked like Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the women in this movie could have been Sandra, Bernard. Sandra Bernard. She might have been in it for all we know. Uh, and then he goes inside an apartment. There's a child and a mother. And of course, the kid's like looking right at him, which I love because the, the, when people can see the angels, they look right into the lens, you yeah. know, which is kind of great too. But Carla's like, Mom, there's a guy in my room. <laughs> And thus began the why can't they tell people they're there yeah. thought that was growing in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. For so, me. Because then the movie would be over. You're right. Then it wouldn't be our That's always the cool. answer. Now, there is something pervy about the angels like constantly watching people. Yeah. Right? Particularly- that occurred to me yesterday, too. I was like, yeah. wow, what if they can hear... I mean, and that's the other thing, though, too, is that struck me is, you know, this is an art house film because the thoughts that they're privy to and overhearing are just these, you know, deep, poetic, you know, and yeah. it's like, if they could hear me, it would just <laughs> not be, <laughs> it would just be a constant stream of why does no one like me? Why did I say that stupid thing? <laughs> just uh, thousands of voices in Los totally. Angeles screaming that. Yes. <laughs> oh, I- God. I believe Carlos the Quotes has day. some thoughts on that subject oh, nice. as well of Where what Carla thinks her, her inner thoughts are. Tiny, this is how tiny I, hand high five. This is how I interpret that conceit. Like, I don't think that this is literally the word that these people are saying in their head. It's just like whatever they're feeling and the angels are translating it into something oh. kind of poetic in a way. Of like they can just uh, kind of take in these people's feelings and that's how it translates that's deep. to I like them. That is deep. I like that's that. It's kind of a leap too, but I'll go with you. Uh, I just have to riff on a second on Nancy's idea of this movie taking place in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and all of this insecure thoughts. <laughs> it would be such a different movie with all of Maybe these. Maybe that's the remake that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. The what? wings of insecurity. City of Angels must have t- taken place in Los Angeles. It right? is the City of Angels. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> I wonder if they had that, and I just don't remember it. I don't remember him. I don't remember him, Nick Cage going around listening to other people. I do. I remember they were like in a library or something. Oh yeah. Oh, they did remake the library scene, and that That's was right. really cool. They remade movies. that from yeah. They took that directly from this. Yeah. Yeah, that library in Berlin is just Beautiful. huge, amazing. and uh, that was an amazing scene. open space. Yeah. 
And there was one camera shot that you were blown away by too, where it kind of goes from uh, Bruno Gans on one level and then kind of like swoops over mm-hmm. to the other angel on, on the other side. It's just great. Yeah, Cam- the cinematography in the library movement. was insane. Yeah, for real. Watch that part, you guys. Uh, but I, I think one of the fun jokes in it is that everybody's thoughts are so poetic, but when you hear Peter Falk's thoughts, they're so mundane. He's just yeah. like, what am I going to get for dinner tonight? <laughs> because he's thought all the poetic stuff he needs yeah. to think for an eternity. He's been an angel already. Right, he's been an angel already. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, for some reason, the angels have ponytails. Yeah, they sure did. And Carlos- that was another Kevin Smith thing. that I think oh, that, yeah. you know what I mean? That felt very Kevin Smith movie-ish to me. Anyhow. Uh, Carla yeah. said, look at that guy's ponytail. Gross. <laughs> Not a fan of a ponytail on a yeah. guy. This no. is around the 20-minute mark. This is putting me to sleep. I'm so serious. <laughs> we were watching it in the middle yeah. of the day, too. And so- Yeah, soothing is the best word for it. Okay. I mean, but you know what I mean? Like, that's putting it nicely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is soothing. We watched this in three installments. It put you to sleep twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You had to stop three times. <laughs> and then again, I can't take uh, why do they all have ponytails? It makes it so hard to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love is that whenever uh, Damiel picks up something, he can't really pick it up. So it's kind of, uh, you see the object there, but then you see kind of a double image of his hand uh, picking up picking it up and it's kind of shot as uh, you know double exposure and the idea of him like holding a pencil is like almost erotic to him yeah <laughs> when he picks up a pencil and kind of so I mean if you're into that kind of movie where a guy picks up a pencil and has an <laughs> orgasm <laughs> but yeah so that was interesting to me because I remember I specifically remember thinking so did he pick up the pencil <laughs> Carla because, asked that same thing and was yeah. it floating in air to right. some people no I don't think so okay so it's just his imagination yes it's not like a ghost dad scenario <laughs> that's happening there's not things floating around the library <laughs> that'd be awesome ghost dad another another one of the movies very influenced by wings of desire <laughs> on that shot that i was mentioning before you said that's a cool shot looks like star trek mm-hmm. oh yeah that's a nice uh, compliment always uh <laughs> craig's listeners i know you always want to know when carla has her first uh how much longer uh, for her Wings of Desire, it was 22 minutes in. <laughs> Shortly before the first time they stopped and yes. began a second True. installment later. <clears throat> Eventually, Carla asked, why would this be in black and white? And I said, well, angels see in black and white, humans see in color. And you said, Joy. are you making up rules for life? <laughs> <laughs> rules for afterlife. Right. Because they hadn't established that in the movie yet, I don't think, had they? Uh, it was the first... Uh, I don't, you know, no, we hadn't seen a shot in color Thank yet. Thank you. So, so yeah. why would I know that? You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. But Also, uh, we're probably at 30 minutes in at this point, right? When I said that? No. What do you mean? When I said the, the color thing? thing. Yeah, like the color thing hadn't happened by then. So Yeah, it happened around the half hour mark. So yeah. just, it's weird. <laughs> well, again, like the joy for me was discovering that on my own. Right. Not <laughs> having not having somebody tell me that. Okay. Uh, and then when we hear, uh, I think this is, we're hearing Marion's inner thoughts. And she has like this long line of, of just like poetry, these poetic inner thoughts. And it ends on, what if time was the illness? And Carla said, I don't think like that. I think, ugh, I feel bloated. <laughs> <laughs> or is there more to life than this? 
Is there more to life than watching my husband's movies and doing a podcast? <laughs> or what about if time them? is the illness and that means this movie is never going to end? Right? That was Carla's thought. Here's a little interesting thing to interject there about the Marion character that I looked up yesterday. I was just reading a little bit about the movie yesterday. She learned all of that acrobatic stuff in eight weeks what? and had no stunt. Double. She was not a trained uh, did it trapeze all. artist. Yeah. Holy crap. I thought that she was a trapeze artist and nope. then they had her act. Nope. She was. <laughs> She wasn't really an actress either. She was Vin Vendor's girlfriend. Yeah. So that's how he cast her. And they wrote the, <laughs> in the movie. The sequel together. They wrote the sequel together and they wrote Until the End of the World together mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, she had eight weeks yeah, to learn all that weeks. stuff. Eight weeks she learned all that. She's, wow. pretty, she's pretty good at it. I mean, really good, right? That's amazing. At one point she's hanging from one foot. Yeah. Later when he's, remember when he's got the rope? Yeah. And I mean, it's eight incredible. weeks she learned all that. I thought for sure Vin saw her at, in the circus and was like, I'm going to put her in my movie. And that's why she was in uh, acrobat in nope. the movie. <laughs> she learned it all. But I mean, to learn it all in eight weeks for the close-ups is one thing. That's yeah. impressive enough. Yeah. But to and the point where you don't need a stunt double? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's very impressive. See, now you now you love the movie. Now I love it. Uh, it changed my mind about everything. <laughs> you just need to learn more about it. <laughs> she goes... You just need to read the, read the info just, guide you as you're watching the movie. Reading Wikipedia and IMDb <laughs> as you're watching every movie. Then she finds out the circus is closing and goes to her trailer. She's so sad. And Carla said, oh, Meg Ryan, cheer up. Because <laughs> she's a Meg Ryan kid. She's the, and he's Nick Cave. He's Nick Cave. Or Nick Cave. Or Nick Cave. Right. And uh, she's living in this little trailer. And Carla said, that's a tiny house. Tiny house living in the circus. <laughs> Carla, of course, if we haven't covered this before in the podcast, Carla obsessed with us buying a tiny house. Yeah, I don't think we've ever covered that. No. I'm with you on that. Uh, expa- Are you? Oh, God. You want to live in a tiny I'm house? obsessed with the tiny house movement. <laughs> Me too. My husband disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> He's 6'1", has no interest yeah. in living in a tiny house. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about it. Man, you could really buy a cool tiny house, <laughs> Right? Though. They're amazing. It's just a matter of finding property to put it on. That's, right. that's the conundrum. Maybe we could buy a plot and have yeah. tiny houses next I to each other. I talked to Mary Beth about this before. Right? A tiny house community. Yeah. I mean. In Oregon. <laughs> yeah. At least as vacation homes. Yeah. We're going to do it, guys. Okay. Guys, we're if you want to be it. part of our tiny house community. <laughs> just tweet at us. Tweet to us at Craigslist PCAST. Uh, there's many quotes that are along these lines. You really pick the worst movies. Or am I the worst? That's my inner monologue. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question. I think, not a question, but a suggestion. Maybe after you guys finish Craigslist, you should go back and do Carla's list. Yeah. Well, many people uh, online suggested have suggested that, that as well. And I mean, then the tables will be turned, my friend, yeah. and you'll be dealing with love, actually. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I love When Harry Met Sally. It's not on the list, but it, it's uh, it was for many years. Yeah. And I think it's a great movie. It's and a classic. I'm, I'm going to rewatch it to cons- reconsider it for the list. Love Actually will never, never, <laughs> never be on the <laughs> Have list. Have you seen it? <laughs> you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, lots of people hate that movie. Yeah, I hate it. Hate Carla, hate it. Yeah. actually, I have seen it, oh, actually. Boy. That scene with Emma Thompson listening to that Joni Mitchell song is one of the best. <laughs> I'd rather just listen to the Joni Mitchell song. <laughs> and it begins with a monologue by... Hugh Grant. I mean, it really is a lot like Wings of Desire. If you think about there you it. Go. <laughs> They're kind of the same movie, you guys. <sighs> um, <laughs> we all need a break after the Love Actually discussion. <laughs> you know, I've got a thing for our Portuguese maid, and I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't I don't speak a word of her language. Uh, she doesn't speak a word of mine, but I'm going to fly to Portugal and uh, win her over. Yeah, because you're Colin Firth and you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and then she will turn to you and say, yes, I would like to. What is, she, what is the line? I used to have it completely memorized. I, can't, I would like I that remember. very much. Or, I actually haven't seen it as much as everybody assumes <sighs> I have. <laughs> But I love. I Colin assume Firth. you've seen it twenty five yeah, times. I, I think I've seen Colin it like Firth. three times. Okay. I love Colin Firth. Yeah. I love Emma Thompson and Hugh Grant's pretty great. Colin Firth is the best Mr. Darcy of all time. Agreed. See, we, can... we'll start our own. <laughs> okay. All right. Romance movies with yeah. Nancy Caroline. <laughs> I would love that. <clears throat> Back to Wings would of Desire. Would you guys listen to that? <laughs> Back to Let Wings. Back to Wings of yes. fucking <sighs> Desire. <sighs> Another Marion interior monologue. She says, then even the stones come alive. And Carla said, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I said the F word a lot yesterday. <laughs> then she uh, then she takes off her shirt uh, in her trailer while uh, Damiel is watching her. And, uh, and Carla said, side boob. I've got some nice side boob. Because you- everybody has nice side boob. And uh-huh. it was it, that was recorded as the most confident thing said in Los Angeles yes. that day by all the angels. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I couldn't believe you were saying this and I even cleared that quote with you as you're saying it of like, can I can I write that down? <laughs> sure. Which I, which I never do. I just said I like my side boob. What's there to hide from the quote? <laughs> Front boob? No. Back boob? No. Back boob? <laughs> is your butt. Oh, what? <laughs> she says it so matter-of-factly. Um, your butt. <laughs> Hello. Everyone knows that your butt is known as back boob. Sure. Back boob. The butt is kind of the boobs of, of your back, back, right? Exactly. Oh, weird. I. <laughs> uh, a couple of the memorable scenes where the angels are comforting someone. There's a guy who's dying from a traffic accident. Mm. Uh, and uh, Bruno Gans kind of comes up and holds him from behind and oh, kind of yeah, whispers in his good. ears. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, a beautiful scene. It's really nice. Um, as this guy is dying. Uh, and uh, and Carla said, that's a good PSA for motorcycle riders. <laughs> <laughs> that was what he was, right? Yeah, yeah. He had, he had wrecked on his motorcycle. Yeah. That was a good scene. I will give you that one. That was a really good scene. It was kind of As moving. was, I believe, probably the other one he's about to mention. Oh. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, scenes. the suicide? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh, great. So later, we, the suicide's great. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Trigger warning. That came out really. <laughs> <laughs> Next yeah, week, in, in memoriam of Nancy <laughs> Sorry. That was bad. I think that was bad. It's, it's, I like it. It's so well done because. Uh, Cassiel, the other angel, is on top of this building with like a, a you know, uh, some high building in Berlin where this guy has a view of the city. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of following this young man around. Uh, and his thoughts are like really kind of random, uh, despondent, but just kind of like random and mundane. Uh, and he kind of walks to the edge of the ledge and you can kind of see people waving at him mm. of like, and he's like, oh, people are yelling at me. That's interesting. He puts his, his headphones on. Puts yeah. his headphones on to kind of like tune Listen them out. And, and Cassiel is trying to comfort this guy. Uh, and then he jumps off the building and his last thought is, I'm going, but why? Yeah. Uh, uh, which is so heartbreaking. 
and then uh, it's like the one like real show uh, of emotion from the angels. He just yes. screams nine. Yes, he you just know, wails it, nine. I love that moment. Yeah, it's so oh, really, really, it's really heart- so heartbreaking. Guys, and I like this movie better now that you're I know, talking about right? it. See, if you stop making fun for two seconds, <laughs> nope. And is that guy the same? Is the suicidal guy the same guy from? There's a guy in the beginning of the movie who's sitting on a bed with his back to us, talking about I don't think she loves me anymore. Oh. I bet he is. I've never noticed that. I've, I just, I didn't think of it until afterwards yesterday, mm. and I didn't have time to rewind it and look and see if it was. Yeah. Be kind. Rewind. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, though, if it's that same guy. Yeah. And I'm going to say it was. I Me too. Carla, I will fully admit that there are several kind of boring portions mm-hmm. uh, of this movie. As will I, for sure. And, uh, like... Kind of the, like the scenes at the club where they're just watching bands. Like uh, as much as I like Nick Cave, like it is like kind of the portion of the movie. It's like all right, let's they're supposed to meet. Like let's just have them yes. meet. You know, there's also the, this big chunk of following around this old guy who's supposed to be like uh, Homer because his name is Homer mm-hmm. in it, and he kind of talks to the angel like the angel is his muse, which is kind of an interesting idea. Like this old writer kind of maybe senses the presence of the angel as a muse, but then there's a lot of just kind of stuff of him walking around Berlin and kind of seeing images of like the of uh, the Nazi era and all I actually Jewish- thought that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, there are some slow portions to it, but I think the things that are so like transcendent and unique of like there's things that are that are not in any other movie and that's why this is so unique and memorable to me. Mm. Uh, and then the Peter Falk stuff which you liked. Yeah. Uh, actually, but we'll we'll get to. Like Actually. Like you, actually, you like actually. It. Let's do a like actually a parody of Love Actually with like, like actually. actually. I bet it's been done. Like they're just friends. <laughs> I bet it's been done. Uh, this is Carla ruminating on the inner monologues again. You said all these people think so smartly. I just think about food. <laughs> then you said that's not true. I think about death ninety percent of the time. Ninety <laughs> percent death, ten percent food. That's who I am. <laughs> These are good Carla quotes. Oh, boy. <laughs> good Carla quotes. Another one of my favorite scenes is we see Peter Falk on the set of his movies, and he doesn't like his hat, so he's with the costume yes. designer just trying out a bunch of hats. Great. And I think he's probably improvising all that, yeah. too. Uh, and he's like, oh, this, this looks terrible. What is this? You know? And Carla's like, this is so weird. I want to look German. <laughs> what is yeah. he said? Uh, I want to fit in. By the way, this movie, 1987, so the same year that he made Princess Bride. Mm. Interesting. Also on Craigslist. Good trivia. Uh, perhaps, perhaps it's on Craigslist. It is. Okay. I, know, I know it. All right. Spoilers one ahead. One of my faves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. Another one of my favorite lines is he's kind of watching. Uh, he's He does sketches on the side. He's kind of sketching a lady who's an extra. And he's like, these people are extras. Extra people. <laughs> which I thought it was so interesting I, I, I and now we mostly call cool, them yeah. background That's now right. you know which yeah. is a fancier way of That's saying right. extras you know because it is so diminutive yeah. to say of like you're extras yeah <laughs> but know? he's like they're so patient yeah saying that uh back to Carlos quotes basically nothing happens in this movie <laughs> It's unbelievable how inactive this movie is. (laughs) This is the fucking worst. It's so fucking boring. I'm exhausted by the boredom. This would be right before the second break happened. (laughs) I think you're exactly right. (laughs) 
When we see the first concert, this is a band called Crime and the City Solution, which I guess is another Australian band that was influential on Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. They're kind of in a similar vein. But Carla said, some of these people look like punks and some of them look like tourists. Like that guy in the front there looks 50 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good uh, Marion dancing scene. Yeah. She was that girl that's always like dancing alone in the club with her arms over her head and her eyes closed. And you're like, that girl? No, it wasn't either. <laughs> I always liked that girl, though. Yeah, everybody wanted to be that girl. I could never pull off that being that girl. If I was that girl, somebody would tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Um, you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> We're cutting you off." <laughs> but that—that's another thing I think is kind of beautiful about this movie is that you're—you're you're always like, "Who's that weird girl at the club?" And this movie gets inside what's going on in yeah, her head. Yeah. And I think there's something too of like the angels can hear into everyone so it's all the people that you never even think about as you walk through the city that you get to get a sense of what their inner lives are like i can i just keep picturing nancy dancing alone with her hands my, over her my eyes closed my, my arms over closed. me i'd open my eyes and everybody would be gone <laughs> Uh, oh, that's so funny. Marion has a dream in which uh, Damiel kind of appears to her and just like his full angel glory with his wings and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this erotic dream where like she knows that they're made for each other. And he's kind of like lingering over her like a vampire, which Carla said, I've come to suck your blood. <laughs> I would not be surprised. I have been surprised. Best Transylvanian accent you've ever heard, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Then you said, I'm crying, you guys. Hold on. (laughs) I can't get Nancy. Because you're so moved. Because you're so moved by this movie. We're going to go to the club one night (laughs) and drink Uh, vodka tonics. That's so and great. dance with our eyes closed and our arms <laughs> over our head. Here's a deep black thought from Carla. Movies. Deep thought. Just think, angels don't watch black and white movies. They just watch movies. I'm a philosopher. Because <laughs> <laughs> they see in black and white. Like that, dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like dogs. Like dogs. <laughs> Benny, do you see in black and white? Look at <laughs> Oh my gosh. He is a little angel. He is. He was laying on his back when you asked him that. <laughs> yeah. Angels and dogs are very similar, I bet. Aww. Then when we cut back to uh, Peter Falk, uh, and you said, and this guy, this is so fucking weird. I wonder if he helped finance it and they had to give him a part. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if it could have, they just wrote it for anybody and they were like, who can we get? Peter Falk. <laughs> well, he was sort of, I mean, a decade prior to this, he was such a big, I mean, everybody thinks of him as Columbo, but he was a big member of like the John Cassavetes set, you know? Yeah. So. Uh. He was always like John Cassavetes and uh, and Peter Falk and who was the other guy with the dark hair? I can never Seymour Cassell. Yeah, Seymour yeah, Cassell. Yeah, Seymour Cassell, best known uh, to Craig's listeners as uh, the dad in Rushmore. Right. Oh. Uh, but yeah, all those Cassavetes movies yeah. were like the, they were the first like gritty indie New York movies right. where everybody's improvising on their dialogue. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of them are black and white, and they're all like you know art housey. Da da da. So I think he was part of that sect so maybe he was drawn there was a little bit in him i think that was drawn to maybe doing independent film cool i could see him being a fan of them vendors maybe i've never seen anybody 
connect with Craig like this. <laughs> like they were just making eye contact and finishing each other's sentences <laughs> and like totally on the same page in a way that I've not experienced well, before. I think you've seen a lot of the same films. I'll drop off my Nancy's list one day and oh. you can compare it and we'll see. Nancy, we're having you back. This is my favorite episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Finally, uh, Peter Falk talks to Damiel, who's still an angel at this point, and he's like, I can't see you, but I know you're there. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. That's insane. And he's like, having a coffee with a cigarette. It's the best. You know? It is the best. Uh, and then after that scene was over, Carla said, that was the only good scene in the movie. Oh, it was a great it scene. It was a great scene. And it super made me miss smoking. That line made me miss smoking. <laughs> oh, really? So coffee much. and cigarettes? Oh, it was the greatest thing in the world. <sighs> Jamie Moyer and I have a pact that when we turn 80, we're going to both start smoking again. <laughs> <laughs> That's your reward to getting to Hell 80? Hell yes. Yeah. That's great. What's it going to do at that point? Kill me? Yeah. When did you quit? Nine years ago. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I miss it. But it's so different now. I mean, I quit right at the cusp of the real, like, you can't smoke anywhere anymore. Like, that was just coming down in Michigan when I quit. I quit in 09. So I guess it was eight years ago. Mm. Feels like nine. Crazy. Yeah. So that's uh, when they were like, no more smoking in bars. Yeah. Bars, restaurants, outside for everything. Right. You know, but I mean, I remember, you probably remember this too, Craig, when we could smoke in the theaters and everything. Like when I was in the main stage cast at Second City, we would smoke while we were writing the shows in the theater. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. During rehearsal. Yeah. All day long. I knew, you know, living in Chicago, that Chicago was going to be one of the last holdouts. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And remember being able to smoke at the bar in at in Second City, right there. Well, I remember like after it had been outlawed in L.A. and going back to Chicago when it was still going on in every bar and forgetting that feeling of going in in the middle of winter, like wearing your jacket to a bar where everyone's smoking and you're in there for 10 minutes and you yeah. come out reeking, reeking like smoke. cigarettes, yeah. sure. For the rest of the night. And that was just a fact of life. Yeah. Never start smoking, kids. <laughs> Until, Until you're, you're 80. 80. <laughs> <laughs> and then tweet And then all bets are off. And then it's awesome. <laughs> and then you'll find me 500 yards away from the nearest building. <laughs> With about 20 minutes left, Carla said, I know this ends with him descending and then dying. I saw Nick Cage go through the same thing not too long ago. <laughs> you were wrong. I was you were wrong. 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 He wrong. opens a pizza place. <laughs> Maybe that's what Nick Cage and Meg Ryan should have done. Maybe. She gives up medicine and they open a pizza place. Uh, right after he descends from heaven... Uh, First of all, his angel armor hits him on the head and yeah. gives him a, a... Oh, that's what yeah. that was. Yeah. They drop his angel armor from a helicopter? I guess so. What was that? I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I don't know what that was about either. But he yeah. gets a wound on his head and he kind of like looks and yeah. tastes the blood and he's so excited to, to be bleeding. It tastes like something. <laughs> and uh, then he holds his hand at that guy and says, is this red? Yeah, yeah he runs moment. into a random guy on the street who teaches him what colors are. Yeah, and he's so always cool. looking at this mural in the back. Once you see the colors, you see how cool all the Berlin streets street art yeah. is yeah. too. Like, and did you know that they would not let them film in front of the real Berlin Wall so they built it. Oh, you, am I spoiling something we're going to talk no, about? No, not at all. No, he yeah. wants to finish your sentence. They built a model this. of it. <laughs> and then what I found, I knew they had built a model of it for the movie but what I found out yesterday was they built one and the guy who built it like scammed them. They built it out of wood and it fell oh, apart and that. disintegrated so they had to build it again. <laughs> they had to build two of them to finish the movie. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but when he's talking to the you guys... You knew that, right? You knew that. I could tell by the way you were nodding. <laughs> Craig uh, knows all. 
uh, again, IMDb uploaded to my head. Uh, when, so when he's talking to the guy who's teaching him colors, Carla said, what if you're talking to somebody who's colorblind and he's telling you the wrong colors? <laughs> Just fucking with you. He points to orange. He's like, that's purple. He's got the blues and greens thing. And he's still got the blood on his hands. And Carla said, go wash your hands. And then she said, I was talking to you, Mr. Benners. <laughs> that's my, my Benny. Nancy's playing with Benny right now. What is he do? Look at this. So he lays it. on his back yes. and he uh, moves his paws in front of him. And what? that means he wants you to pet his belly. Oh. <laughs> it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Penny. It looks like you're speaking sign language. Yeah. It's just pat pat me. Pet me. When Nick Cave is singing, Carla said, This is the movie that won't end because it goes on and on, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final Carla's quote, not a quote, but a gesture. When the credits rolled, Carla punched me in the arm. <laughs> I for sure did that. <laughs> and that said more than any words ever could. Well, I'm glad we talked about it because I do like it more now that we've talked about <laughs> it. Sure. Uh, like those, you're right, that scene with the with the angel like comforting the guys as they're dying. Mm-hmm. The one guy as he's dying and then the other guy when he jumps. Those were both really good scenes. Well, there's also a really nice one where there's a guy who's despondent on the subway and he sits next to him and just kind of puts a hand on his shoulder mm-hmm. and the guy's like, you know what? Things aren't that bad, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it does, like, those times where you're just kind of like, you know, you're not suicidal, but you're a little down, and then you kind of talk yourself back into life again. Of right. Just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to participate, you know? Yeah. Like, the idea that maybe an angel, get, like, gave you that little kickstart in that moment is kind of a beautiful it sentiment. A nice, that's a nice thought. I like that thought. Yeah. One of the most peculiar scenes to me that I thought was really funny I mean it wasn't peculiar I got it but it was just funny to me it was is how she comes out of that Nick Cave concert and he's sitting at the bar and she walks up to him and the, and just starts right mid mid conversation yeah. like hey it's you I mean it's just but like <laughs> hey it's you we're supposed to be together yeah just instantly launches into this and I just kept picturing like can you imagine if somebody did that in no. real life like yeah <laughs> Like just that she knew it was the guy, and that's great. But it was it was just <coughs> that very, was a low point for me. That was a really art house move. Of yeah. Like, and their faces are right here, and just forever long monologue about yeah. you're the right, you're the dude, and that was she funny talked to forever. Me. Yeah, she really did. <laughs> she talked for like ten minutes. Yeah, like at that point, I just wanted them to kiss, and you know, yeah. And the yeah. Whole, but again, this is see, we're we're we've been conditioned with these rom coms, dude. Right. We want. But they're these, so fun. They are. I know. <laughs> It's a little like that scene in Tootsie where Jessica Lange, when she's drunk, is like, I wish that some guy would just come up to me and say, you know, uh, and then she lists all these things that she wants. Right. And then, You're the most beautiful woman I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. And then Dorothy is listening to that. And then he goes up to her later as Michael and says that exact thing. And she slaps him on the face. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You think you want it till it happens. <laughs> oh, but there will be time to talk about Tootsie. In three weeks. Ooh. <laughs> you gave a spoiler for everyone. So you get to watch some great ones. I'm excited about that one. I like to see a lot. Princess Bride. Come on. Oh, no. I like some of them. Just most of them I don't like. Do you like. have any foreign film that's a favorite of yours? Um, I love a lot of British movies. <laughs> British films. We're talking about non-English like stuff. In a, yeah. Uh, Amelie is one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Amelie's great. Hmm. I know Amelie's it's on your good. list. Okay. Yeah. We'll have a t- chance to talk about that. Yeah. I think as we get closer to the top, we'll probably have more similar ones. 
I think the first movie I ever saw that, like Craig was talking about earlier, like the first foreign film that he remembered putting in his top ten, which it's kind of cliche at this point because it's in everybody's top ten, but Cinema Paradiso, mm. when I saw that, was like, because that to me was the perfect blend of story, plot, heart, it moves. it Very you know, sentimental. Beautiful. So well shot. I've never seen it. Well, Nancy, we might have an opportunity to talk about that movie as well. Oh, this is the podcast. If anybody's missing out on this favorites. one, they're going to be so sad because you've just listed like five movies that will be. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oops, sorry. No, but yeah, that's, that's that was my first favorite foreign film. Yeah, I've heard mm. great things about that one. And the music. Oh, Ennio Morricone. It's just beautiful. How it's do you feel about beautiful. La Dolce Vita? I like La Dolce Vita, yeah. Nancy, you are the best. I, <laughs> I need to be on Carla's side more. But no. I really love Love Actually. <laughs> no, I and like Overboard. It. I love Come on. Overboard. Me too. <laughs> Never seen it. Oh, oh, that would be on my did list. Did you ever see the tweet that Goldie Hawn put out about the two of them cuddling in bed and watching that together? No. Yeah, it was like two years ago. And she said we had a, a snuggly date night and we finally watched Overboard. And I was like... That's the coolest thing that I've ever is. heard in my life. I love that. And they're still together. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall watching them watch. Yeah. I would have liked to have been an angel on their shoulder Aww. watching them watch Overboard. That's adorable. I can't believe we've gotten from Wings of Design to Overboard. <laughs> I apologize. I, I don't apologize. Uh, as I said, I'm going to link to Ebert's Great Movies review of this, but I'm, I'm going to give you a little quote from it because I think it's a nice defense from the movie. Uh, City of Angels is a skillful romantic comedy, and I enjoyed it, but it all stayed there on the screen, content to be what it was. Wings of Desire doesn't release its tension in a smooth plot payoff. It creates a mood of sadness and isolation, of yearning, of the transience of earthly things. If the human being is the only animal that knows it lives in time, this movie is about that knowledge. Wow. Wow, good for you, Roger. <laughs> he knew what he was talking about. Carla, you want to give this a letter grade? Well, I was going to give it a D. <laughs> for desire? For, for, for dumb. <laughs> for dumb desire. But after talking it through, I'm going to bump it up a little bit to a C minus. Okay. Ooh. What does that stand for? Because um, I don't want to be argumentative every time. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll deign to give it a C minus. Yeah. Well, and maybe in sitting with it for a little while and thinking about it and talking about it with friends, it has grown on you. Sure. And I think that's sometimes the beauty of film is you just let it wash over you and let it happen. And then later, it's later on that the, the things that stick with you, the films and the lines and the moments that stick with you, whether you want them to or not. Yeah. I think th that's why movies are made. Yeah, I think you're right. I Yeah, I don't disagree with that sentiment. That's a nice way to say it. How about a letter grade from you, Nancy? Oh, um, I mean, you're right. It, it's, it, you know, I want to be all art housey and be like, oh, it's an A, it's brilliant. And it is brilliant. It absolutely, as art, is brilliant. But there are some plotting moments. And, and I was disappointed in myself that the 1988 moviegoer of me does not nearly, I do not nearly have the patience any longer than I used to. And I'm devastated by that. Like I was so antsy yesterday. Yeah. So that affected my love of it. If I'm going to be honest of how I feel about it right now, I'm going to give it like a, I'd say a B. Okay. A good B. solid B. <clears throat> That's good though. Bs are good. But a D for me as a movie watcher, I need to improve. <laughs> I got I to turn my devices off people. <laughs> And watch a film. Well, I think Craig will be inviting you to see some movies. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Carla does ever drop out. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's committed to this for the long haul. Is she? Yeah. 
There's some good should, stuff coming up. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to stay at number 69, dude. That's That seems a little high, but uh, it's definitely going to stay on the list. Uh, I think I'll put it somewhere around where Seven and Unforgiven are, somewhere in that range. In the range. 90s? Uh, yeah, uh, right now those are in the 80s, so I think I'll move it down to somewhere in the 80s. Uh, yeah, this, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird's a better movie than this. Definitely. Well, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird, I think, is my favorite of the ones that we've watched so far. Yeah. Uh, it's a little apples and oranges, though, To Kill a Mockingbird in this, but yeah. Because yeah. one is film for art and the other is but this is the guy who's making a list so that's right it's his list (laughs) but it's his list good point well good point you're gonna have a five-way tie for rom-coms at number one (laughs) since we have another improviser with us we might as well do a little three-way khaki theater yeah uh and since none of us have seen far away so close like why don't why don't we imagine what a scene from that movie what is that would be like that's that's the the sequel sequel to this to this movie uh, so Carla, you want to play Marion? Maybe. Okay. Who do you who, want to who play? Who is that? The acrobat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's the acrobat. All right. I'll play her. You're and, a trapeze artist. And then Nancy, you can play Damiel. Sure. Bruno so Gans, the fallen angel. We own a pizza place together now. You oh, okay. own a pizza place together and I'll, uh, I'll be Peter Falk. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm wondering if I can get a slice of pizza. Man, I really... I was really hasty in my decision to marry this guy. You know, I'm a human now, and I can not only hear your thoughts, but I can comment on them as well. You need to stop saying that in front of our customers. Hey, I'm sorry, I just... Compañero, it's you. Compañero, I remember you. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, yeah. How, uh, how, how is it I'm owning a pizza place? Aren't you Columbo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we met before outside oh. that uh, that coffee shop remember ever since i met this guy life feels like a dream i'm telling you why thank you it's all vaseline and fuzz <laughs> <laughs> well i'm very glad you stopped by today because you know that cigarette and uh that little bit of cash that you wanted to give me five years ago i can pay you back now because we're a successful pizza oh, really? shop owner well yeah. i gave you five bucks and you turned that into a pizza i did enterprise yeah, i did good um, excuse me while I swing on my trapeze. Welcome oh. to Trapeze Trapizza. <laughs> <laughs> clever, clever name, Trapizza. I make pizzas and my wife delivers them via trapeze to your table. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just sit over here. How is the pizza in Berlin, by the way? Terrible. <laughs> Which is why we need the trapeze. <laughs> is there a particular uh, flavor you recommend? Um... Yeah, the German flavors are good. Okay. Yeah, let me get uh, like let me a get sauerkraut. Yeah, I'll get a sauerkraut and a bratwurst on a pizza. Bratwurst pizza. Yeah. And it's a white sauce because everything's made in black and white. Oh, yeah, not because we're superior. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not that kind. Of- <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> If we say Veit here. Oh, Veit. Veit. Okay. So I guess the uh, the wall came down since the last time I was here. That's what I heard. Yeah. That, that <laughs> We don't get out of the pizza bar too much, but yes, it came down. That old actor from Hollywood came over and made a speech. What? Ronald Reagan. Uh, oh, I was thinking Hasselhoff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're big fans of Baywatch, my yeah. wife and I. <clears throat> Love it. Yeah, that's right. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tar- tear this tear wall down. down. This wall. Yeah. We named our firstborn Pam after Pamela Anderson. 
<laughs> She's still talking about Baywatch. Oh, I thought you named her after the cooking spray. <laughs> yeah, that's Which we it. use a lot to make sure our crusts don't stick to our trays in our pizza parlor. Our crusts stick to our trays around here. Yeah, I got it. I got so it. what are you doing back in town? Are you making another film? Yeah, we're doing a sequel to Columbo. Oh, really? Yeah. It's called Hair Columbo. Hair <laughs> Columbo, where you're a German detective? Yeah, I'm a German detective. In it. And he's still doing, you know, his old Columbo stuff where, you know, you show the murderer at the beginning. So everybody knows who it is. And then, uh, you know, I pretend to be uh, like, I don't know what's going on, but I really know what's going on. You ever seen those Father Dowling mysteries? I like that show. Yeah. yeah it's another good. detective that show. Tom, is that Tom Bosley? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we went through a, a period where it was just a lot of detectives and then with different titles well and i would say mr falk here was definitely the standard bearer of yeah that. how's that pizza coming it's by the way? <laughs> priest detectives this uh, one's ready i'm gonna take, take it out of the pizza oven why don't you climb up out of your trapeze there honey and <laughs> swing this over to table eight <laughs> and see yay we got some callbacks wow that was probably directly from the the sequel yeah, yeah. i yeah. think that's that's definitely a scene in far away so close yep. so. then he's still waving he's still at us. waiting for that belly rub uh nancy i'm going to reiterate this was my favorite episode <laughs> of all time uh anything you want to plug anything going on for you no i mean not a whole bunch i uh i you know i'm she just got a new position at oh, second yeah. city yes Can i we just, plug that? just yeah sure let's I plug just, that I just became the associate artistic director of the Second City here in Hollywood. That is awesome. Yeah. So that's been lots of fun and is going to be lots of fun. If people want to follow you on Twitter, where do they do so? I'm uh, I'm Nancy Hayden underscore at Nancy Hayden underscore. I don't even know if you need the underscore. The underscore is the last part of it? Underscore is after your name? (laughs) Yeah, it is. You do was, you. You do I you, I was girl. really angry that I couldn't get Nancy Hayden, so I just stuck it on there at the end in a fit of defiance. Here's one fucking underscore at the end. <laughs> Nancy Hayden underscore. I, maybe Nancy underscore Hayden was taken. I don't remember how that went down. But. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yes. Follow me on Twitter, and uh, and yeah, I'll, be, I'll see you at the movies. <laughs> Everybody. You stole that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Craig's listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. We really appreciate your devotion to this podcast. You're what keep us going and keep us doing it, knowing that somebody is out there listening to this. Yeah, because uh, we would have abandoned it around number eighty-five, probably. Because Carla certainly does not want to keep this going. We might have to take a break sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bunch lined up. We got some good guests lined up uh, yeah. as well. You know, the scheduling is hard as I shoot Drunk History, but we're we're fitting it in. As a matter of fact, we are doing a a screening. This weekend, we're going to my brother-in-law's screening room to watch our next movie. And if you, Carla, if you were bored by this movie, this movie has nothing but plot. A lot of things happen in this one. Okay. And this is a 1994 film with John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson. It's directed by Quentin Tarantino. Saturday Night Fever. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called Saturday Night Fever. A lot of great Bee Gees movies. (laughs) songs in this one no it's called pulp Pulp fiction Fiction. i've seen this one okay you like it i think so (laughs) what no one has to think about whether or not they like pulp fiction it's a it's one of the greatest it's so it's very violent from what i remember okay yeah it is violent 
Carla, but I like the storytelling of it. We'll talk about it. Carla might not be on board for the violence of it. You yeah. you generally find Tarantino interesting. Yes. If you know you like some of his movies, sure. and even the ones you don't like, you still think are are interesting, right? Interesting. Yeah. And as a long form improviser, you should like Pulp Fiction because right. that's one of the coolest parts about it. it is plays with the told, line. told out of sequence. Told. Yeah. It's yeah. Sort of yeah. I know all the things, you guys. I'm just <laughs> you being know honest. Lots of things. <laughs> That's what that's what makes Craigslist work, though. If you guys got on the mic and agreed about every movie every time, that wouldn't be this. That would be your podcast, you guys. <laughs> and I think we'll have a guest for this one. I won't reveal who that guest is, but uh, please tune in next week. And uh... it's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That'd be amazing if we had him on. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's okay. I gave like uh, a B, B minus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my best. It's not my best. <laughs> uh, Nancy, thanks so much for oh, joining us. It's my pleasure, you we guys. Love you. I love you guys. You will be back. And hopefully, awesome. Craig's listeners, you'll be back next week because I know we will for the Pulp Fiction episode. Thanks so much. See ya. Bye. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.